The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. And I'll go ahead and tell you this. I had a... My, my son, I told you he was a bassist, and, right. and um, he was doing a, a summer, um, summer music festival in Verbier, Switzerland. And so, Karen, my, we went over to Switzerland and had a nice little vacation, and uh, saw our son. And then coming back, we had to change planes in Charles de Gaulle, and um, we were late. We were really running late. So we had the tremendous burden of having arrived late and we had the only seats left were first class on Delta Airlines back to Atlanta from Paris. They had, you know, these great first class seats. So back in the back in the day, they, you know, everybody didn't have, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. They had the entertainment system with the headphones in first class and it was really cool. And working on a dream, the album was uh, on the menu of, you know, in-flight listening opportunities. And I listened to that album on the headphones like twice, maybe three times on that flight. And I think that's when I was really hooked um, because I just listened to that. I, I mean, it, I, I, get, I don't know if I was melancholy or what, but um, I listened to that Kingdom of Day song, which is one of my favorite. I mean, it's, it's never a big hit, but, you know, this is my Kingdom of Days, but I just thought about it, the poetry of that. The, the imagery of it, just the idea of, of somebody looking back on their life and thinking of it as a kingdom of days. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me in tonight's session is my new friend, Brad Rouse. How are you doing, Brad? Doing great. Yeah, Brad is taking time out of his vacation to visit with me. That is dedication. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Well, it's, uh, I'm in a great place, Atlanta Beach, North Carolina, down on the southern end of the Outer Banks. Oh, that just sounds so nice. That's really good. Well, tell us a little about yourself. Okay. Um, well, I am, uh, I, I sort of mark myself, I'm uh, three years younger than uh, Bruce Springsteen, so that gives you uh, a little bit of um, my, my range. I grew up... Uh, down here in eastern North Carolina, and um, uh, just uh, grandparents uh, 
owned a general store and an insurance business, and they were both also tobacco farmers. And uh, I moved away for a while, so I've lived over my time in um, Virginia, Connecticut, Massachusetts, uh, Georgia, and now I'm back actually living uh, in Asheville, North Carolina, on the western part of the state. Um, I'm married. I have two sons, and I'm a big Bruce fan, and I'm a, a new author. Yeah, I know. We're going to get to that. Yeah, I, I can't wait to talk a little bit about your book and your your change of you know kind of career. Uh, so very very nice. Um, well, I always like to start with growing up. So talk about where you you already mentioned you, where you grew up, but talk was your family into music? Was there a lot of music in the house as you were growing up? Sure. Um- I really can't say that there was much music in the house growing up. Um, I, um, I grew up in a small town of Farmville in Eastern North Carolina, and um, the family was pretty, pretty tight-knit. Um, I had a cousin who was nine years older than me, and he ended up becoming a DJ for a local radio station. And he is how I really got introduced into the music side of things through my cousin. They, it, they were pretty close. Um, mm-hmm. It was a small town. My grand, my, his, his mom, my great aunt, was actually my first grade teacher. Oh, okay. Uh, so, uh, you know, it was, it, was, it, was, it was a small town, about three or 4,000 people. But uh, he was really into uh, uh, the music of his time. This was in the late 50s when I really remember it. He was a big Elvis fan and the Everly Brothers and uh, all of that uh, kind of um, uh, pop rock or rock, rock, folk rock. I mean, I know he, of course, he's a big, even today is a big Bruce fan, as well as a fan of a lot of different genres. Um, and um, I went, um, I, I, I was what you call, um, Jesse, one of the smart kids, I guess. Um, so I was kind of a, a big reader. I read a lot of books. I was really into science fiction. Okay. And, um, um, I guess when I first got going into music, I mean, it was uh, the early sixties and the Beatles. Um, our, our radio station um, in Kinston, where, where, where I was living at when I was about eight or nine years old. And uh, they played, I want to hold your hand every hour on the hour. And I would come inside to whatever I was doing and turn on the radio and listen to, I want to hold your hand. Oh, um, right. For like a couple of weeks, at t- a weeks that the Beatles were so big. Um, and of course, most of the family members uh, didn't quite understand the whole thing about the Beatles. Yeah, absolutely. Did, um, you know, I, I love that you had that cousin that, you know, helped influence you often when I'm visiting, I will, it'll be an older sibling, you know, that, yeah. that does that uh, reminder and it kind and of. I was, the oldest, I was the oldest in my family. So he was, yeah. he was probably the equivalent of that for me. Yeah. And so were you an influence on your younger uh, brothers and sisters? I kind of think I was, but I don't think I was uh, influenced particularly musically. Okay. Um, I mean, although the interesting thing is now, you know, in my adulthood, yeah, you know, actually, I am probably the least musical in a 
pretty musical family, mainly oh. because of my wife. Yeah. Uh, and then and then my sons. Actually, one of my sons is a professional musician. So. Oh, nice. Uh, this is much much further along in the period of time. Yeah. Um, but um, and and my oldest son, Jonathan Rouse, is actually uh, the principal bassist for the Austin, uh, Texas Symphony. Oh, so nice. Down your way. And my younger son uh, didn't follow his profession, but he was a scholarship uh, oboe player at the University of North Carolina um, and um, was was the principal oboe for the school symphony. And I, I guess it's a little bit easier to find a, a professional uh, work as a professional bassist where they have seven or eight in an orchestra versus oboists where there's only one. Yeah, I bet that's um, that you are. I mean, there is a a very musical family. Yeah, yeah, and my my wife is see, but I, I I don't know. I tried out for the school choir, and I can yeah. never carry a tune. Um, you know, I just um, I just was a, 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 a enjoyed music and enjoyed. Yeah. So, how did you discover Bruce? Well, of course, you know. Um, I, you know, it's hard not to discover Bruce just sure. listening to the radio and, um, you know, at some point music and shopping malls, but, um, you, you know, you, you're going to hear some Bruce Springsteen, um, and, um, but I was never really a Bruce fan. I mean, I, uh, you know, in high school, I, and I went to a boarding school, we had, um, we had sort of two groups that were competing. You know, we were, we were in an all-male boarding school in Virginia, and we would have these dances, and there would be groups of students who would invite the bands. And so, the, you know, basically it was always a, a battle between the uh, dominant um, Southern either beach music or uh, soul music group that would listen to groups like the Tams and the, you know, or the, or the, uh, four tops or the uh, you know Michael Jackson a little bit later that sort of thing and yeah. then there was the people who were really into rock music so you know Led Zeppelin Rolling Stones the Beatles Grand Funk Railroad those kind of guys and I kind of I kind of I kind of identified with the rock music crew but yeah I love I love the soul and beach music too and anyway it was funny that by the time I got to be a senior in high school the um, uh, band sort of influence uh, of uh, soul music was waning and the rock music was ascendant uh, for a while. Um, but um, anyway, it's, it's, it's an, it was an interesting experience uh, having that. And of course, you know, one of the things you got in an all boys boarding school is the juniors and seniors got to have record players and radios, whereas the freshman sophomores couldn't. Right. So uh, <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was an experience of its own, but I, 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 I um, I really did not become a raging Bruce fan. Let's just say until I was actually in my later career. I, I would say the first time I went to a Bruce concert, I just happened to, you know, I was very much into my career, and it was yeah. um, didn't do a lot of concerts for a long time. And then um, we got to go to. Uh, I just decided. Told my wife, "Hey, Karen, let's let's go see the Bruce. See Bruce. He's 
playing it. That was in Atlanta at the time. Let's, he was playing at Phillips Arena. This was in mm-hmm. 2009, working okay. on the Dream Tour. And that was my first Bruce experience. Um, and in, in, in a real, that, that, that was the first time that turned me on to it. Yeah. And then um, I, I, I was enthralled. I mean, I, I loved, I loved, you know, of course, we were up in the nosebleed section with the cheaper tickets. Yeah. And, um, but you could still, I, I had a pair of blue jeans on, I remember. And I was sitting there listening to the rock band, and I could feel my blue jeans vibrating with the, with the sound. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever felt that, but it, it, was, yeah. just, it was just all-encompassing sort of. And, 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 of course, I knew Born to, Born to Run and Born in the USA and a few of those songs, but I didn't know any of the songs that, that the crowd that was there were way more into it than I was yeah. at the time. You know, um, Brad, one of the things I always say on the podcast, right, is I feel like there's two kinds of people, the people that go to their first Bruce show and go, wow, that was long. And then the others that go and say, oh, my goodness, this is something that I want to do over and over again. Um, so, I, you know, you as you talked about, right, this is toward um you know, this is in his second act of a career and yeah. um, you kind of discovered him, uh, you know, at a, at a really interesting point in his career. Well, you know, I would say, let's see, 2009, I would have been 57. Yeah. And he was 60. Yeah. And I think one of the things about Bruce is to see him up there in these concerts doing three and four hour shows without really the music stopping, which nobody does that. And, and here he is, and he's three years older than me. Right. It was such an inspiration, you know, when you're at a point in your life that, you know, you're kind of like, okay, well, what's the next act? Is, am I getting old? Am I going to be old? Where, you know, what's it going to be like? Where am I? And and then to see his inspiration, it really has inspired me, you know, and, and that, that, but, but, you know, I, I guess I decided right at that point that I really wanted to go see him again, because I was just looking back and I was thinking about this earlier today. And I remember seeing him in Greenville, South Carolina. And I think it was later that same year, I went with my brother and it just brought me back to my roots yeah. prep school when he got the swinging medallions on stage with him. Mm-hmm. And, and so I don't know if you know, swinging medallions, double shot of my baby's love. Sure. That old, uh, what does he call it? Uh, fraternity rock music. Yes. Right. And, 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 and he had them up on stage. And I love that he does that sometimes to get the local band yeah. up on the stage and, um, and, um, and, and sing a song. So, but anyway, that 2009, I know I went with at least, two concerts that year. Maybe, maybe, maybe went to three. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I really became a huge Springsteen fan at that point though. I I guess, I I guess I was, but then I, um, and I'll go ahead and tell you this. I had a, my, my son, I told you he was a bassist and, um, and, um, he was doing a, a summer um, uh, concert 
summer music festival in uh-huh. Verbier, Switzerland. Okay. Um, and so Karen and my, we went over to Switzerland, had a nice little vacation and uh, saw our son. And then coming back, we had to change planes in Charles de Gaulle. And um, we were late. We were really running late. So we had the tremendous burden of having arrived late. And we had the only seats left were first class. Okay. On Delta Airlines back to Atlanta mm-hmm. and um, from, 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 from Paris. And um, they had, um, you know, these great first class seats. And back in the, back in the day, they, you know, everybody didn't have, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. They had the entertainment system with the headphones in first class. And it was really cool. And working on a dream, the album mm-hmm. was, um, was uh, on the menu of, you know, in-flight listening opportunities. Okay. And I listened to that album on the headphones like twice, maybe three times on that flight. And I think that's when I was really hooked um, because I just listened to that. I, I mean, it, I, I, get, I don't know if I was melancholy or what, but um, I listened to that Kingdom of, Day, Kingdom of Days song, which is one of my favorite. I mean, it's, it's never a big hit, but yeah. you know, this is my Kingdom of Days. But I just thought about it, the poetry of that. The, the imagery of it, just the idea of, of somebody looking back on their life and thinking of it as a kingdom of days, you know? Yeah, it's I do. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So I think that's when I really, you know, it's like, okay, I'll go see Frank scene whenever I can. Um, and I've maybe been to 12, 13 concerts, um, since, you know, since I started and, uh, went to Springsteen and Broadway, which was great. But it's yeah. not, uh, it's really, it's really nothing like, it's nothing like the East Street Band concert. Though. No, no. I mean, so once you kind of got the bug, did you go back and review a lot of his back catalog? Did you, you know, did you download or pick up CDs or, you know, go and listen to other albums? You know, what I did is I ended up um, getting, um, um, Serious satellite radio, and so I listened to the E Street radio channel twenty on Sirius Sirius satellite radio, which is all Springsteen all the time. Absolutely, and I just listened to that, and it's lovely. You get to hear full concerts, you get to hear, you know, just what whatever's coming up, what's new, something new coming up. So uh, that's where I learned. But okay. you know, listening to that, you know. It took me a while. I mean, I think it was four or five years before I ever heard Bobby Jean. Like, yeah. That's Springsteen. Oh, that is an incredible song. How funny. Well, that's it, great. You know, and I mean, I, I downloaded the greatest hits and sure. I downloaded the new new music, Working on a Dream, Wrecking Ball, and yeah. some of that stuff. But I didn't really go back that much. I mean, I just sort of absorbed the rest of the catalog, rest of the stuff, plus a lot of a lot of um, a lot of his, uh, 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 you know, cover songs and songs with sure you know, songs with other artists, and which I love some of those too. Um, what did you think of Western Stars and Letter to You? Well, you know, I, I mean, I love everything Springsteen. I mean, what can I say? Sure, I love Western Stars. I love mm-hmm. Letter to You. I love. I love Ghosts. That yeah. is like. 
and 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 burning train. Yeah, those need to be all on, and and all of it was great. I mean, song for orphans, it's great. Yeah, you know, the poetry's uh, cool. It's uh, you know. Yeah, I, I agree. It was it was quite a gift that album. You know, like oh my goodness, uh, we've got an Eastry Band album, and oh how amazing! And then, you know, they had the making of documentary on Apple TV, and you got to see the band interacted. Absolutely. It was a it was a really great gift after the the issues of 2020. You know that I, I just felt like oh this is so nice. Do yeah. Um, where, uh, you, you said, you mentioned you did get to go to Broadway. Um, where else yeah. have you gone and seen him from? Well, mostly the, um, just within a driving distance of where I happen to be. Okay. So I've seen him, uh, in Washington, DC. Yeah. Uh, Virginia beach, Atlanta, Greensboro, Greenville, South Carolina. Okay. Charlotte, Fort Lauderdale, um, Nashville. Yeah. And, and yeah, Nashville in 2014. Um, I was at that show. So, yep. I was in the pit. Oh, very nice. I was, I, I have a picture. Actually, I'm putting a picture of, putting this picture that I took from my iPhone. Uh, I'm putting it in my book that I'm writing. Okay. Um, of Bruce, just nothing between me and Bruce. And he's kind of jumping over a barrier from the upper stage to the lower stage area. And I, I literally put my water bottle next to the speakers on the stage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you mentioned, let's, let's talk about it. You, uh, in one of the emails yeah, you sent me when you, you know, we found each other on Twitter and you reached out and said, yeah. hey, I'd love to talk to you. And you shared you had a um, a change of careers um, yeah. toward the, you know, where some people may be looking to retire. Um, you decided you wanted to change careers. Talk to me a little bit about that, Brad. Well, OK, it, it, I had two changes of careers okay um and i know i i i'm 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 a i worked um well basically i studied economics in okay. school I went, I went to yale all right i got an mba from north carolina i was in business um i did applied economics doing planning work in the utility industry for a consulting firm where we developed software systems that our utility that utility companies could use. Okay. And I did that for over 20 years. Um, and it was a, 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 we were a startup firm. We developed proprietary computer software. Uh, I, I, I went, I, I traveled to 49 states and 10 or 15 foreign countries where our clients were all of this. And I was, when I left, I was head of the software division. So okay. um, it, it was a very, um, and I really got deeply into the issues that today are so important, um, the energy system. Okay. Um, I then just really got tired. My sons were, were um, you know, at an age where I said, if I keep doing this another five years, I'm going to miss having them 
grow up with me being around because this is a, it was a travel job. You're traveling all yeah. the time. Um, and uh, it was a particular point in, in the career where we had been bought out. So I, I totally changed my career so I could stay at home. Um, and I became a financial advisor and I was a certified financial planner. Okay. Uh, and I did that for 15 years, get me up until um, not too long after 2000, um, after the year, um, let's see about, well, that was it. That was the nineties and into, you know, up until the early two, 20, say 2011, 2012, 2013. And I tell you what happened with me, uh, Jesse, is I, in, in my energy career, um, and I developed in the financial career, I developed a business and had a, a practice, but I became very concerned about the climate change issue. Okay. Um, and I decided that, you know, I, I, I could sort of quasi retire, but I wanted to devote myself to the climate change issue. And so I sold my business and devoted myself full time. And I, so I've been um, involved in various aspects of that. I um, have uh, lobbied in Congress. I've been up to Congress and talked. I've written articles, lots of news, lots of articles and, and letters to the editor and that sort of thing. Um, I, I've also you know, done a lot of, I've always been kind of an energy nerd trying to figure out how I can save energy at home and you know, put solar on two homes and done energy upgrades on all of my homes. Yeah. So I've always been interested in sort of like, what can you do to lower your carbon footprint? But um, then when I um, really became concerned about climate, I decided I wanted to do something. I started um, uh, started doing some work through my church, helping low-income people save on energy. Mm-hmm. So we go into a home and, and do some various energy upgrades for the house. And then I started um, five or six years ago, I started a nonprofit that does that work. And we've helped uh, over 700 families now in Buncombe County, North Carolina, around Asheville, um, where, you know, I've, I mean, I've been able to get the funding and, and been involved. And that's, that, oh, this whole story is what my book is all about. Okay. Um, and uh, got very involved in the climate movement and aware of a lot of different things going on. Um, but um, yeah, that was, a, that's sort of been a, been two major career change, uh, changes, I guess. One, when I got out of the energy industry, and then second, when I kind of got back into it, but as an advocate and not not working for the, the big the big corporations, which was what we did before, but really working for humanity what? To, to help resolve the climate crisis. Yeah, you've talked a little bit about that, Brad, but I mean, you mentioned that you've always had that concern and you've always been someone very conscious about, you know, your carbon footprint and, and how to not be wasteful with energy. But what is there anything specific that drove you to make this change or that, you know, kind of this 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 is almost a calling late in it your career? A, it is a calling at this point. So, yeah. of course. Of course, um, you know, um, a calling is a really great thing to have. So it was a little bit of a self, it's a good thing yeah. to have a call. Um, because, you know, you, you, you want your life to mean something. Mm-hmm. And um, I, um, and, 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 and I hope mine will when, we, when everybody looks back on it, you never know. Yeah. It's going to happen. But um, 
I find it interesting and intriguing. And now writing a book, which is really a product of COVID. Uh, I've been working on a book for the last year, um, which I would I just wouldn't have had time. Yeah. Uh, in the past, but um, and then once you get started and you say, is this going to really be a thing? And and then I found a publisher, and so um, you know that's 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 going on now. Um, but I think you know, um, um, I I include a little bit about Springsteen in the book. Yeah, what it's meant in in my life, and and one of the things I I quote is uh, the um, um, from Badlands. Um, mm-hmm. Talk about a dream. Try to make it real. Yeah, and you know that just speaks to me. Yeah, um, uh, that, it, that really is a beautiful statement, and and it can be used in a lot of different um, things. And you know, and often I will see someone on Twitter or other social media will talk about like getting to see him on Broadway or to, you know, spending time with a family member and, you know, and talk about a dream, you know, try to make it real. Um, right. It. So what's the name of the book? Climate Warrior. Climate Warrior. And is it out yet or is it going to be it's, out? It's, it's not out yet. Okay. Uh, I will say if people are interested, I've got a Facebook uh, page category of book and it's Climate Warrior is a Facebook page. On Twitter, it's Climate Warrior Author. Yeah, and I guess on Instagram, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm learning from um, my publisher that I need to get with Gen Z and start to be more of an Instagrammer. But okay, I, but I, I do have a. I think it's the same as Facebook Climate Warrior on uh, on Instagram. Which if somebody wants to look at it there, yeah, um, and I will. I will include those links um, in the show notes. Sure, uh, for or them just, to check just, on it. You know, Brad Rouse, I mean, I'm on Facebook and uh, yeah. Twitter and LinkedIn. So, you know, people can reach out. I, I mean, I guess to to sell my book, being sort of an unknown person, really. Yeah. Um, I just got to hope there's some luck and somebody picks it up and spreads the word and, you know, gets it out there because, you know, I'm not one of these famous uh, authors. I mean, a lot of books about climate change right now. It's a big subject. It's a big problem. Yeah. Um, I'd love, I'd love my, my publisher said, well, you just need to, you just need to tag Springsteen on every post that you make about your book. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know. People really do a while before they make that connection. Yeah. <laughs> Did um, the, it, it does concern me. I I'm 62. Um, I live here in Texas and um, somebody asked the other day or on social media, you know, are, are, are any of you blue bubbles in a red area? And I'm like, I am a very small blue bubble in a very red state. Uh, it is, it, it, you know, I, the best thing I ever heard is Penn Gillette talked about, uh, you know, from Penn and Teller, he said, if we make the air cleaner, even if greenhouse was an effect, even if there wasn't a client thing, isn't clean air better? I mean, isn't sure. clean water better? Even if you don't believe anything at all, the science, and you don't believe there's any of this climate crisis, but isn't 
having a cleaner area a good thing? And well, it, it isn't isn't not having to mine and drill for a limited supply of coal and oil better? Isn't not being dependent on the sheiks and sultans in Arabia better? Yeah, than and, what we are today. And you, you know, know think and, about think about our wars and how many wars were fought, maybe not explicitly, but in the background, Iraq, Afghanistan, maybe not explicitly about oil, even though, you know, who wanted to have us go grab the oil before we got out of Iraq? Um, It's really been a kind of about oil. I mean, we needed to keep those areas in our, you know, we needed to put our fingerprint there as unsuccessfully as we've been in order to keep the oil flowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we do what we need to do on a renewable energy and the energy future, and we won't have that problem. It'll be beyond, behind us. And what it's really a beautiful future that we could have. I mean, talk about a dream. You know, yeah. it's a beautiful future we could have, whether greenhouse gases are causing climate change, which they are, or not. Yeah. And what um, what what frustrates me is that we are we are fighting so much anti-science nowadays, Brad. Um, you know, this past yeah. winter we had this unbelievable, you know, ice storms and and this freezing weather in the Dallas, not just Dallas, but you know, a lot well, of well, Texas. I, I mean, you know, my I, I was on the phone a lot with my son in Austin. Yeah. And, you know, I had someone come up to me and, uh, you know, the power grid just wasn't red. It wasn't built for this kind of cold. And, you know, I had someone I work with like, well, you know, it's the whole if we had just done oil and if we had not tried to do all this with air, you know, with uh, wind or solar, we wouldn't have had this problem. And I'm like. No, you're not you know, true. The science says, I mean, we're, there's, and I don't know the percentage correctly. You may know, but less than like five percent of the power for this state comes from something besides, you know, oil and gas. Uh, you know, that's yeah. just not true. But it it it, 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 fits. it was it, it was mismanagement. Yes, in, in Texas, I mean, just the fact that Texas doesn't want to tie its grid to the east and to the west when Texas is in a perfect opportunity to be trading power to the east and to the west boggles my imagine boggles my mind. But if Texas had been intertied with um, California and with, uh, you know, the Georgia, they would, they would have not had the problem if they'd had transmission that, that was running between the two. Yeah. Three. And, 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 and and it's even worse. I mean, the fact that um, they just didn't—they just didn't plan. I mean, no. to, for this kind of thing, or and and, and rely too much on the free market, honestly, mm-hmm. um, um, and, and not enough on understanding the the the, the, the way outside things could happen. I mean, and and of course, nobody anticipated the event in Texas, but yeah. I, I imagine it will happen. I mean, it, that was caused by climate change, even yeah. though it was called. 
I mean, it, it was it was a situation, let's just say, made worse by climate change. Well, and absolutely, Brad. And and we I don't think we've done anything to fix it. Um, you know, I don't want to get into too much politics, but it is just there. There's a reluctance to embrace. You're right. They end of, Texas has this independent thing that's just silly um, that and you would after this is having this, it would be why would you not support this infrastructure and why would you not? like, okay, we need to make changes to do this. Um, but um, there is, there's a different agenda going on and it can be very frustrating to someone who is, you know, a layperson or just someone who's just trying to do, just trying to do the right thing. Right. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. Um, totally agree. What else do you, um, so the book telling your story and what else do you cover in it? Well, um, basically, it's, you know, talk about a dream, try to make it real. Okay. So I talk about my vision, my dream. Yeah. For a future where there are no fossil fuels used uh, in our energy system. Yeah. And then I explore using some of my economics and modeling background from my career in the energy industry. Um, some, some very, what, what, what I try to be is that there are studies out there which do what I'm trying to do in the book, but I'm trying yeah. to make it more readable. Okay. To the layman. I'm not, I don't know if it is or not, but you know, because there's a certain amount of numbers you got to show, you, you got to show some tables and some graphs, no matter what you do. Yeah. I've tried, you know, the, the people who've gone into detail that have shown that, in fact, we can power the country without using fossil fuels have done very extensive um, modeling because nobody's ever yeah. actually done it on a, a, a grid the size of the United States. I mean, nobody's ever actually done it. So what you have to do is you have to use models and simulate what it would look like. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, there have been very robust simulations that show that we can do it. I just try to, you know, one of the things that I determine, which is confirmed by the much more detailed studies, is that um, we got to be building solar and wind about five times faster than we were building it right now if we're going to get to, you know, Biden's goal by 2030 of, uh, uh, you know, 50% reduction in carbon dioxide emissions. So, so tough, yeah. this is a tough, big challenge, a lot of opportunity. Huge, huge, huge opportunity. Yeah. Uh, in terms of jobs and business opportunities and money to be made. Um, and, and, and presumably, there's also, unfortunately, going to be money to be lost uh, right. in other industries. Do you- but, uh, but I write a lot about that. And then okay. I write about some other things that I've done in the local area, like this nonprofit I started. And, you know, try to just use my own experience as an example for people who might be interested in stepping up and participating in this really, I think a generational thing that we've got going on, which is the energy transition. I mean, it's really one of the really exciting things that you could be part of. Um, so, and I, and, and I'd love to hear, I'd love to hear Bruce uh, expand on that and, and you know, um, uh, uh, become part of that movement too. And yeah. some of the things that he says, so maybe he will love to yeah. hear that. 
Absolutely. Well, you know, he is for people who say, well, I, I can't believe he's gone political. He's been political his whole career. I mean, from, you know, from the middle 80s, he is once he started getting successful and started reading and doing, he's always been very active um, about helping, you know, as he puts it right, the the gap between the American dream and the American reality. There you go. Um, and, and so absolutely. Um, so um, do you know uh, when the book's going to be published? Well, um, uh, you know, we're we're hoping for um, by the end of the year. OK, so it's it's I feel like I'm done. But yeah. I know the public is not done. Sure. So yeah, absolutely. He's, he's got to do. OK, but we've got a great a great cover. I can share with you the cover. Yeah, um, that would be great. Um, yeah, I'll post that when I uh, send this out and uh, it, that'll be good. It, it's yeah. just an image that I love. That's um I just worked with the publishers of the graphic design, got a lot of graphic design background. I came up with this cover and uh, so it's sort of a symbolic kind of somebody said it's kind of a Japanese style uh, image, but it's, um, it's, it's good in the book. The book's got, it'll have pictures in it. And, you know, I've got pictures of me when I was four years old. So it's also a personal story of um, just, you know, how, how, how did, this guy who was a businessman who worked with the utility industry and then advised wealthy, you know, was a financial advisor. How did he end up devoting himself full time to the climate issue with and not get paid for it? Yeah, exactly. Um, so back to Bruce a little bit. You okay. uh, when are their favorite albums and songs that kind of speak to you that mean a lot to you? Yeah, obviously well, versus and, and, the you know, working on a dream, right? Yeah, well, well, well working on dream, kingdom of days, and working on yeah. dream. I mean, I, I I love those songs. I can't say that they're great songs, but I mean, I mentioned I like ghosts and burning train, but yeah, and and then in terms of what I ta- I mean, I I talk about the rising and badlands in the book, um, Youngstown. I just love Youngstown. Mm-hmm. I love um, you know just stuff like you know, stuff like that, uh, you know, things that really talk about people and, you know, but that, that, I, that I would say that's one of my favorite um, downbound train. Yeah. He talks, I love a couple of songs that he's done covers that he's done two in particular. Um, um, one, he, the, the, the free, Hang on, Brad, I've lost you. Can you hear me? Brad, can you hear me? Because I can't hear you. How about now? Uh, Now I can. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you said last downbound train. Continuing there. Downbound. Well, a couple, a couple that he's done with um, that are covers. Um, Times of Freedom. Yeah. Um, Berlin, and then you know he did it, and uh, I think, um, uh, and and it's just 
inspiring, you know, because I love the birds. He did the song live with Roger McGuinn, Turn, Turn, Turn. Yeah. Um, just, you listen to that and Turn, Turn, Turn. I always loved that song. And, the you know, the, the, the playing it with that rock guitar sound. Um, Ghost of Tom Joad with Tom Morello. Yeah. That he played that at, at Nashville, if you remember. Sure. Um, that's an incredible song. Yeah. Um, uh, silly song that I really love is Leap of Faith. Yeah, that is a great song. Um, so you listen to the words and realize what it's really about. <laughs> it's really yeah. Kind of fun. <laughs> uh, Bobby Jean. I mean, I love yeah. just that idea of singing the song, remembering Bobby Jean. That friendship, right? Yeah, that friendship, the old girlfriend, whatever it was. Um, yeah. Uh, and, of course, Under Road. Um, um, uh, Radio Nowhere is a great song. Just It, it really is. Um, we're all hoping that we get a tour in 2021 uh, or 2022. Are yes, there songs you are hoping to hear? obviously besides Western stars and, you know, letter to you, but are there other songs that you're going, man, I, I still want to hear this one live. Well, the two that I mentioned times yeah. of freedom and turn, turn, turn. Yeah. I've never heard those live their covers. So, you know, right. you, you got to play with it. I, I, I think otherwise, I mean, that's good. You know, good. just, um, The Youngstown, I haven't heard many times, okay. and I want to hear that. All right. Um, it doesn't matter. Whatever he comes up with, it'll be great. Yeah. So what do you – there are – we all are trying to do better things. And I'm just curious, is – do you have advice for us just as we try to, you know, do better? Do you have kind of things that what we can do? What, what do you suggest? Um, you know, um, I, I just find what inspires you and what motivates you and did, gives you energy yeah. And be proactive. Don't don't waste your time waiting. Yeah. Um, it's time to stand up and make a difference. Yeah. And um, well said. You know, um, and, 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 and it can kind of be a, a dance um, in, in a way. I mean, it doesn't have to be like one thing and only do one thing. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's yourself, there's your education, there's what, there's your knowledge, learn, talk about the issues that are important to you. Yeah. I mean, certainly on climate change, learn about climate change because that affects all of us. Um, yeah. And make a difference in your own little sphere. I mean, what you buy, what mm -hmm. you, how you use energy, what you drive. Yeah. All of those things can make a huge difference. But then in your local community, there are so many ways to make a difference. I mean, we've 
you know, volunteer, find, find some things to volunteer. You'll learn so much. Volunteer in the low income space. Um, yeah. People, I find people who volunteer, they, they learn so much about the other half. I mean, we just live in our own little world. So get out there and mix it up a little bit. And, and yeah. then also don't, don't be afraid to, to think about the big issues, make known your opinion to the people in charge at the state and national level. And, um, and, and, you know, that's what democracy is all about. If you don't, they're going to hear from somebody who some interest is paying the, that person to talk to your representative yeah. on a regular basis and shower gifts or contributions or whatever. Yeah, but they'll listen to you, too, if you're a constituent. Well said. Well said, Brian. Um, is there anything I should have asked you that I haven't? <laughs> Oh, well, you were going to ask me about Mary, but um, I, that is that will that is coming up coming next. Up. Yeah, that uh, is coming up next. Um, I don't know. Okay. Probably. Um, I always ask that because um, it, it, I I had a guest once who um, at the end of the podcast said, you know, we'd finished recording, and after I turned off the recorder, he said, "Oh, and next time, I should tell you about the time I got drunk with the East Street Band." I'm like, "What?" How did you not lead with that story? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be a good story to. Uh, yeah, that would be a good story to have. I don't know if I have any uh, stories like that. Yeah. So, uh, well, I I was thinking at first when you were talking about you know from Paris first class that you ended up running into a member of the East Street Band. That's where I thought you were going to go. Uh, no, I, just, I almost yeah. felt like I did, but I just listened. Yeah, to I bet that's that's amazing. Yeah. And, and I will say one other thing you didn't ask about, but um, yeah. um, the movie um, um, Blinded by the Light. Yes. For your viewers who have not seen that movie, go see that movie because it is just wonderful. It, it really was a beautiful film about being passionate about and not just even if you're not a Bruce fan, just the passion and finding that and how it makes a difference in your life. I, I agree. It's just really a beautiful film. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Um, I'm going to have uh, I have a couple of people who are not Springsteen fans, but watched Western stars and they're going to join me hopefully this month um, and just talk about it from a pure movie perspective there. They are not Springsteen fans. They just went in because I asked them to, and they're going to talk to me about the movie from there, from just a a fresh movie perspective. So I'm looking forward to hearing their thoughts. Yeah. All right. So if you are a friend of Brad's, I, Thank you for listening. I am so glad sure. you joined us. Um, so I end every episode with the Mary question. Now, what the Mary question is, is Jason Armstrong, who is an honors English teacher, recently retired from the Philadelphia area. While he was teaching, every year he would have his honors English class, his seniors, take two days out of their curriculum and study Thunder Road as a poem. They would wow. look at the, the imagery, they would talk about the lyrics, they would talk about the themes, uh, they would compare it to Robert Frost poems and other poems. And then at the end of the two days, Jay looks at his class and says, does Mary get in the car? So, Brad, that is your question. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? And I think my answer is yes, she does. Okay. 
because, you know, that's just the, the, the story that works is saying yes. Yes. It's saying yes to the future and it's saying yes to the opportunity. Um, it's taking a leap of faith. Um, it's, um, uh, you know, following the dream and trying to make it real. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and, and, and how could you not after, after those lyrics, Bruce, uh, you know, the guy saying those lyrics to Mary. Yeah. How could she not? She would have to. Yeah. There would be no other option. Yeah. Well said, sir. Well said. Um, all right. So, just do a poll online and see what happens on that. Well, um, <laughs> about 60% of my guests say yes, and about 40% say no. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm sure they have their good reasons. Absolutely. So, um, Brad, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I am so excited that about the book and Clim- Climate Warrior um, is yeah. hopefully going to be out. Uh, and by the end of the year, reach out to me once it's published. And I, 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 uh, you know, I mean, if people yeah. if people, if people want to get on a list to be sure be notified when they get a copy and they can get a signed copy from me, okay, um, just uh, message me, put a note on the website, send me an okay. email, send me a, a, a Instagram a message, and I'll okay. just send me an email uh, uh, an, an email address, and I'll I'll follow up with them. Yeah, and your Twitter handle is at cwarrior underscore author, correct? At, I think it's at climate warrior author. Um, yeah, that's my Twitter. My at 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 cwarrior underscore author. Yes. Uh, so follow him there. I will have the links to not only his personal Facebook, but also his client warrior book Facebook page. Uh, so go there, follow up. Um, I wish you continued success, sir. I I appreciate the fact that you joined me and uh, thank you for doing the good work that you're doing. I, I, you know, um, it is important work and I applaud you for it and I'm so glad you're doing it. Thank you so much. Um, Listeners, you please go get vaccinated. Go continue to be safe. Let's wear our masks. Let's remember to social distance. Let's be good to each other because that's the only way we're going to get through this. Brad, thank you. Listeners, thank you. We will talk to you soon. Goodbye. Bye. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlustingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts, as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Brew shirts, as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support.
If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, said Listening Bruce. The theme for Set Lessing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.